welcome back. Uh, thank you for tuning in once again to another exciting episode of Backwoods Theology. And I'm excited to finally be back together. Um, I'm not sure. Did the last one air yet? It has aired, yeah. Okay. So we recorded the last time we were together, we weren't together. We, we uh, did something new and exciting. I haven't listened to it. Uh, Chad, it's it's aired. Have you listened? Honestly, I thought it sounded good. It sounded like we it were got, together. It got mixed really well. Sound like we're together. Awesome. Yeah. So yep. shout out to our producer for helping. That. Yay. Um, but yeah, we we weren't a, we weren't together. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you got to obviously go back. Um, but we weren't together, and it's exciting. We are finally together again. We are around the round table in the undisclosed location, as Brother Wiley would always say. The vault door is closed, locked, sealed, and um, nobody can enter in or escape. But no, we're excited to be back together uh, with everyone. So it's been, you know, a couple couple weeks. Um, so I'm going to just lean it over to Brother Colburn, and I'm just going to ask you, what you been up to? Well, uh, since Georgia, you mean? Yeah. We've yeah. been doing some renovation work uh, in, in our church building. Um, last year, we... We replaced the roof, and so now we can do some things on the inside just to um, make some improvements and update some things, and so that's what we've been doing. Awesome. Yep. Yeah, just trying to get... I want our listeners to hear Yeah. Sure. that we're, we do things. Yeah. This isn't just the only thing we do. What are you up to, Brother Wiley? Well, since uh, we recorded last, we had our Vacation Bible School, which was very successful, and so we are now in what I call Awesome August, where every year August, for us, we don't have any activities. So we take off the month uh, because July is very busy for us as a church, and then September with family camp, and then we have missions conference in September. So we purposefully take off August just as a month of just recuperation and getting ready for the busyness of fall. So uh, we've just entered awesome August, and yes. I think it's awesome. Yes. <laughs> awesome August. That's yes. wonderful. Awesome. Can I say awesome? You can yeah. say awesome <laughs> all that you want. Times. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, well, great, great. It's good to hear what you guys have been up to, and uh, thankful for you two men and the work that you do, and it's exciting uh, to see what the Lord's doing. Our church, we're gearing up for our 13th uh, backyard barbecue. That's mm. what we call it. We have it every August. And um, so I'm excited about that. We have great chicken. When, when is that? It's August the 26th. It's um, from noon to three. We call it backyard barbecue because it's like you're in your backyard. It's backyard style games, egg toss, that kind of stuff. Uh, one year we did a sack race. We're not doing that again. That was terrible. Um, but some of the greatest chicken you ever had in your life. Yes. And um, so it's it's really, really fun. We do that every is our it's our 13th. And um, we do it as an outreach, but we also do it as just a fellowship. Mm-hmm. As a church, we um, it's it's just it's good. I, I told our church last night, um, it's it's good to want to be together. Mm-hmm. It's it's not just Oh, okay. It's 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 time to, you know, go to service. Okay, you should want to be with each other, sure. right? And yeah. that, isn't that what it's supposed to be? Yeah. And um, so, and our church, I'm so thankful. We love each other, and um, we are. 
they're not just people that we we love. We also like them too, you know. Mm. And we enjoy fellowship. We enjoy time together. It's a blessing. I'm thankful for that. I truly, truly am. So, and then of course, Brother Wiley mentioned family camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe an episode here in the future, we might talk a little bit more about that. I think it'd be good yes. for our listeners to know uh, churches in Maine get along. Yeah, it's true. You know what I mean? In as much as lieth within us. <laughs> right. <laughs> if so, at all possible, we yeah. live peaceably. We live yes. peaceably with all men. Yeah. And um, but no, it, it's it's growing up how I grew up, this is still um all inspiring for me to examine and watch churches of like faith, uh, uh working together, camaraderie, mm-hmm. friendship. I mean, it's exciting. Um, so I mean, just three pastors sitting around a table like we're doing right now talking. Sure. That didn't happen when I was growing up mm. because everybody was mad at each other mm. for something stupid. Mm. Because, well, this guy, you know, I remember listening to a person tell me that he couldn't fellowship with another pastor. And I said, well, how come you cannot? I mean, I was, I was probably 12. Mm-hmm. And I remember asking him, I said, how come we can't fellowship with them? He said, oh, you don't know. I'm like, oh, what what big juicy thing? How come how come our churches aren't together? They believe the pastor there believes that in Genesis six, the sons of God were angelic hosts, angelic beings. Mm. He said we can't associate with that. Mm. Oh, I said what? I asked. I actually asked them. What are the sons of God <laughs> in Genesis? I mean, I was twelve. Right. And he's like, oh well, that's you know the godly. Godly people. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? That's right, the, right. Yeah. That was that was a divide. Yeah, we could not. I thought you were going to say something wicked, like the pastor wore wire rim glasses. Oh, well, we won't talk about that because <laughs> <laughs> you know we don't want to be like John Lennon. Um, <laughs> no, but seriously, I mean that that kept. I remember as 12 years old, that kept our church mm-hmm. and my pastor from being friends with this pastor Mm -hmm. and this church. Everything was the same. Mm -hmm. This pastor over here, his son, was good friends with me. And we could not figure out why our churches, we... we... Right. And the bummer is is that does affect like believers, church to church. These weird rivalries form and contentions. And it really, really, it struck me as as odd. Mm -hmm. But that happens. And there's no sitting around the table like we're doing right now, mm-hmm. discussing Bible things. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to share that um, because I'm excited today. It's good to be friends, and it's good to. Uh, uh, can I? I don't like the word debate. I hate that word because we always jump to, you know, Trump and Hillary. You know, mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. so opposite. Discuss. What's the word that Paul used when he went into the synagogues? What what word? He reasoned. 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 Okay. Yeah. From reasoned. the, from the scriptures. Biblical word. Yeah. Yeah. He it's reasoned good, with them in the synagogue. It's good to reason synagogue. with each other. Right. And um, I'm excited to get back into. We're, we're in Revelation, listener. That's where we are. And um, we had a great conversation last time away from each other, and we kept it low key uh, for that reason. Uh, we were we were apart. 
Um, we're not sitting around the same table. We haven't. And by the way, listener, no, nothing is scripted. None of this is planned other than maybe the subject matter. And um, But we open the door and just go. And I'm excited to get back into Revelation 2 and 3. We, we, we haven't gotten past 3, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we got some things to discuss today. And um, so I'm excited to just get right back into it and see some truths or um, some variances or maybe even some differences. And that's not a fellowship breaker. And that's my point, mm-hmm. is that you know whether you believe the sons of God are the godly line of Seth or they're quote-unquote fallen angels. I don't like that term, but I'll just use that for, you know. Okay, that doesn't mean fellowship's broken. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I just wanted to share that, and I'm thankful for you too. And so I'm going to turn it over to whoever wants to go. Well, I think Chad is leading this okay, one. Okay, Chad, so you're leading this one. to let Chad lead this so, one. So um, we're going to turn it over to Chad. Hmm. So uh, we are, when, when Brother Wiley first brought to the table the consideration that the churches in Revelation may in fact be Jewish churches in the tribulation itself, right? Um, because this is unscripted, um, that is something that, you know, Josh and I... Um, I hadn't heard it before. Me neither. And so I will tell you that when I hear, okay, two things that we all know. Number one, Colburn's a slow thinker, okay? <laughs> and so so a slow thinker, number one. But number two, um, I want to listen carefully to what uh, any believer is saying, because at the end of the day, uh, my heart's desire is to know the truth, because it is the truth that makes us free. And so I'm not, you know, I'm not going to immediately dismiss without considering what my brother says and and trying to understand where he's coming from. And so I took time to work through, you know, okay, so if this be the case, what are the things that fall out from this? Or what are the, what are the things that follow after? And, you know, the more I thought about it, the more, um, I felt uh, and believed more strongly that the churches of Revelation are literal churches existing in John's day that he is writing to. And so on the one hand, I'm grateful that we had the opportunity to have that discussion. I'm grateful that I think this is the first time where we have a real subject where we really are going to probably end up on opposite sides of the issue, but like be okay with that, you know? And so, um, so I want to work through, I, I have a list of thoughts that I'd like to work through that I've tried to reason from the scriptures. And then I don't want it to be a monologue. I want it to be dialogue. We work through this together, fill in my holes, you know, things I'm missing, whatnot. But in approaching this, you know, in, in determining that I believe that the churches in Revelation are, you know, specifically one, two, and three, right? Because the churches are addressed specifically in chapters two and three, but they're referenced directly in chapter one as well, right? Mm-hmm. So one, two, and three. And so when we, it seemed to me 
that the linchpin, and, and you can tell me if I'm representing this accurately or not, but the linchpin of the entire argument really is the meaning of the word church. Like that is fundamentally the meaning of the word church is, and, and how you understand that word church is going to determine um, where you land on this, right? Because that's where we started. We started by demonstrating in a podcast that the term church, um, while in the majority of instances refers to a New Testament body of Christ, it does not always. Agreed. Correct. And that was how we, that's, that, that was our point of departure. So I want to go back to that point because that's, that is the point from which everything, I th- just about everything that I wrote down and was thinking about comes from there. Okay, so, so we feel like that's fair. Linchpin of the argument is what is what is a church? What does the word church mean in Revelation? Do you feel like that's I, a fair? I presented it as that what a person's biggest stumbling block is is the okay. use of the word church okay. because when they see the word church, they immediately think. Now, and I think, and I'm not trying to go past a bunch of rabbit trails, okay, down a bunch of rabbit trails. When we say New Testament church, does that mean just anything after the death of the testator? What, you know what I mean? Mm. So a church functioning in the tribulation period will be a New Testament church because it's after the death of the testator. So I think we have to define, I would say New Testament church with, with, they have a certain doctrine, they, you know, um, so maybe that's a rabbit trail we don't need to go down, but I think people get confused with the premise I'm trying to give when I say, well, um, because they think New Testament church strictly means mm-hmm. from death of the testator to, you know, um, Till the rapture of the body. And that's, that where, t- that's where I would be. That's okay. where I would be. Okay, so let's define it that way. So yep. now when so, we use that so term, when you use New, the term Test- New Testament church in, in this conversation, mm-hmm. what we mean is from the death of the testator to the rapture. Right. Sure. I guess that's, more that's specifically saying. biblically, it would be Acts 2 to... Yeah, okay, okay. Right. So Acts 2 But it can't be before the, the death of the testator, according of course. to Hebrews 9. Mm-hmm. Of course, so. yes. Mm-hmm. So um, Acts 2... Day of Pentecost to Rapture, what you and I—if we say New Testament Church, going forward—that's that's what we mean of that. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Great. Cool. Because after that, you're you're coming back to that 70th week of Daniel. Yeah, it's a whole different. You're dealing with Jacob. Well, you're dealing the with three Israel. of us would agree we're dispensationalists, so it's a different dispensation. Sure. But we want to be—I want to be exercise caution in how how much I divide. Well, I, and I right. agree to that. Right. Um, it's just it helps us know that there. Are divisions. Sure. Right, right. Absolutely. And one of the and and when we say New Testament church, Pentecost, rapture. Mm-hmm. Correct. That's the parameters of that statement. That's what we'll use, right? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Okay. So the first, so that was, you know, we're gonna focus, I want to focus on that word church, if we could. Um, I noted and I looked at the number of uses of the word church and churches, okay. Uh, there's 114 uses of the term, and we kind of isolated two. Uh, as re- as demonstrating that the term doesn't always refer to a New Testament body of Christ, right? Acts seven thirty eight, when Stephen is preaching, you know, contextually it is clear his reference is to Israel. 
We also noted Hebrews chapter 2. Um, context makes it clear that Paul is writing to the Jews about Jews. He's quoting Psalm 22, where the term congregation and church are seen as synonymous, right? So those are the things that we kind of pointed at. Here's a thought, okay? We can see how Stephen used the word church, and we can see how Paul used the word church, but it's worth noting that John doesn't use the word church that way. Okay, so the other use of John using the word church is when he is writing, I think it's in 2 John, and he refers to the church um, when he attempts to go in Diotrephes, who desires the preeminence, would not permit him into the church. Okay, so here's John, a real man who's not in the spirit on the Lord's day, referring to Diotrephes, real man who's not in the spirit on the Lord's day, who would not permit him to fellowship with their church. So I look at that and I say, okay, so John's use of the word church, right, um, he understands it to be a New Testament body of Christ because he was not able to fellowship. Are you looking at that right now? You're in Third John. Third John. Third, third, would you John, just go yeah. ahead and hit that? Yeah. Uh, third John, let me let me read nine and ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words, and not content therewith. Neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, and casteth them out of the church. Okay, so John's understanding of the word church you know, is a New Testament body of Christ prior to the writing of Revelation. Okay, so, so when, he, when, when Jesus says to John, okay, in, in John 1 verse 11, when he says that he's to send what he is receiving to the seven churches which are in Asia, John's prior frame of reference is that a church is a New Testament body of Christ. That's, that's just a, John's usage of the term, okay? okay. I want to take it one step further and deal with the fa- deal with the use of the word churches. Okay, now this is a little bit of nuance, but the two above references. Okay, so Acts seven, when Stephen preaches and when Paul references uses the term church in Hebrews two, they're used in the singular sense. Okay, and not churches plural. Okay, there is a difference. The word churches is not used, and this may seem really simple, but the term churches is not used to refer to Israel. And churches is used to refer to individual local New Testament bodies of Christ. Okay, so, so local, local churches. Churches refers to local assemblies, local churches. Israel is always dealt with as a single nation, as a single entity, the, the nation of Israel, the children of Israel, um, Jacob, um, you know, Abraham's, you know, the, the descendants of Abraham, they're dealt with on the whole. And even when the prophets come to testify against them, to prophesy against them, even though there is a remnant within them that is believing and is faithful, God still deals with the nation of Israel as a whole and not as groups within the whole. And so in Revelation, we have Jesus addressing seven groups, seven churches, um, 
individual bodies. And so somehow, if we were to hold that we're dealing with new, with, with, with tribulational, because the tribulation is the time of Jacob's trouble. It's for Israel. Mm-hmm. It's not for the New Testament church. So sometimes we have to demonstrate that there is like a fundamental change in God's dealing with Israel. Because in, in Revelation 1, 2, and 3, he's addressing seven bodies at seven locations, whereas in times past, he's dealt with the nation of Israel as a whole. Does that make sense? Because like, like churches, the term churches refers to local bodies. It doesn't refer uh, elsewhere to anything Israel. It just refers to local bodies of believers. Um, so to, to say that... To say that the seven churches are Israel is to have to concede that God is fundamentally dealing with Israel in a different way, not as a whole nation, but as seven local bodies. Um, That was a thought I had. Another thought is Laodicea and Ephesus um, are the locations of two churches, according to Scripture, Um, when when Paul writes to, to Colossae, he specifically instructs them to pass that, the letter that's written to them onto the Laodiceans and there to read the letter from the Laodiceans. So we know Ephesus and Laodicea, there were, there were churches there because they're referred to in Scripture. Um, Philadelphia, Sardis, Thyatira, Pergamos, and Smyrna are all historically literal places that are located in Asia. And so here's something I thought was interesting. In 1 Corinthians 16, all right, so we're we're identifying this audience, 1 Corinthians 16. So I'm holding my place in Revelation, but 1 Corinthians 16. At the end of Paul's letter, in verse 29, um, 19, I'm sorry, couldn't read my own handwriting. So I guess I'll begin reading... Um, yeah, verse 19. The churches of Asia salute you. We know that Ephesus was located in Asia, but Paul specifically addresses the churches of Asia, which we know would be literal churches existing at that time. But then we notice in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 11 that Jesus is instructing John to write what thou seest. So John... Uh, Revelation 1, 11. I'm trying to, like, in my, my mind is a fire hose, but I'm trying to do a faucet. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm like, uh, Revelation 1, verse 11. Um, what thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia. So I have Paul in 1 Corinthians 16 addressing and referencing the churches of Asia. And then in Revelation 1, I have John, years later, albeit, but still referring to churches, plural, which are in Asia. And so in, to me, in order to, to hold the position that these are tribulational churches, which we agreed, if they're tribulational churches, then they could not have been historical churches. Right, I think that was a point that was made in our second podcast discussing it. I think the podcast began where um, you had thought on it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, 
But I had made the point in the first podcast that if they're tribulational churches, they can't be also literal existing churches at the time of John's writing. And at the time, correct me if I'm wrong, it seemed like that you agreed with that that position, that it, it follows that, right? right? If they're in the future, then they could not have been in the past. But having thought about it, it's like if they've already been referred to in the past, and Paul identifies the churches of Asia, and Asia's a literal physical place, and all of these towns are literal physical places that existed, and two of the five, two of the seven are referred to um, previously, then to me it would follow that Jesus is writing to churches that still existed. Ephesus still existed. Laodicea still existed. Um, if we were to say that these are future, then I feel like we would be forced to typify or spiritualize these churches. For example, um, Asia. If you ask you know, an eighth grader, where's Asia? They're not going to refer to Turkey. They're not going to point to Turkey on a map and say, that's Asia. They're going to say, that's Turkey. They're going to point to China and, and mm-hmm. most mm-hmm. of Russia. Um, they'll identify th- that as Asia as a continent. So, I would have to then redefine Asia because Asia would mean something different than what Asia means like in 1 Corinthians 16. Does that make sense? Like Asia, if, if these are tribulational churches, then Asia is going to be something different than what it was. And then Ephesus, which is located in Asia then and at the time of the writing, has to be something different because Ephesus... You know, it doesn't exist as it did then. Sardis, Philadelphia, these all become typified or spiritualized or or mean something different than what they mean elsewhere in the scriptures. So I want to pause there and say thoughts, um, questions, violent disagreements. We don't have violent disagreements. Well, well my goal coming into this was to allow you to develop, and I wasn't sure. going to interrupt at all. I was... A pet peeve of mine is when I'm trying to develop a point and somebody keeps mm-hmm, interjecting, mm-hmm. and I hate that. I agree. And so I don't yeah. want to be guilty of the same thing. So I don't want to say anything until okay. until you desire us to. I, I want you to be able to fully develop your point and what you have. Now, if you want us to, I will, but that's up to you, because I want to respect you and your position. Well, the rest of the points I have um, would be... That this is a sub. This is probably a section to itself. Like just understanding the use of the word churches, understanding Asia, Laodicea, um, Ephesus, these places, all of them. What would be? And maybe you haven't had time to work this out. But what would? How would you then interpret those historically geographical places? How would you interpret that? if those are actually churches in the tribulation? Well, the first thing that I would say is, okay, the Bible says during this time of the tribulation, there's going to be 10 kingdoms. Mm-hmm. So geography is going to change during this era. It's not, I don't believe we can superimpose geography of today into, we have no idea what it's going to be. We know that during this time, kingdoms are going to be changed, kings... The Bible says in Revelation, kings are going to die. Um, the Antichrist is going to set up his kingdom. There'll be 10 kingdoms. The Bible doesn't name those kingdoms. I don't know what they are. 
Um, so the first thing I would say is we don't know what the names of kingdoms are going to be during this time. So, uh, and again, I'm not trying to... I liken it unto, again, those who think that the Garden of Eden was in present-day Iraq because the Euphrates River is in present-day Iraq. Well, how do we know that's the same Euphrates River that's mentioned in the creation account? Mm -hmm. How do you know they just didn't name another river Euphrates? Uh, During Noah's flood, the face of the earth was completely changed. So, I don't know... I don't know where the Garden of Eden historically was because we're trying to put something in present day and superimpose it into Genesis 2, and I don't think we can do that. So, um, is the United States going to be in the... I I don't know. It's going to be one of the ten kingdoms. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I don't know geography-wise how things are going to change during the time of Jacob's trouble. Things go by different names. Um, Jerusalem is Babylon. Um, so, and again, I'm not trying to cause more confusion. I'm just saying that I don't believe we know what certain locations are going to be called. Are they going to be called the same thing? Um, there's going to be a huge consolidation, obviously, during this time. I, I mean, I don't know how many. I think there's the last time I looked it up, there's like 170 sovereign nations just a part of the UN. And then there's tons of nations that aren't part of the UN. So, but that's all going to be consolidated down into 10 kingdoms mm-hmm. of I don't know how it's going to be. I don't know whether the Bible yeah. defines that. So that 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 would be one thing I would pose. Um you're mentioning that God always deals, he doesn't deal with Israel in pieces. He always deals with them as a nation. Well, he has judgments for Israel that he doesn't have for Judah. He dealt with Judah differently. Israel is still a divided nation. There's still two kingdoms, according to the Word of God. And he deals with them differently. Um, he has parables where he deals with them differently. The, the prodigal son is, is Israel. The son who never left his father is Judah. Um, there's, you know, you see that even during the day of Christ, um, when Christ went up into the land of Samaria, what did the Jews back in Jerusalem think of that? They were believing on him up in Samaria. So, um, God has had all through the scripture, different judgments for Israel in the different, different parts, um, now, he deals with the whole by dealing with the parts, but mm-hmm. he does have different judgments and messages. Um, you know, Elijah was sent to try to reach the northern kingdom, mm-hmm. um, the northern king, you know, so there is a difference. Um, they're shown as feuding s- siblings in Jeremiah 3, mm-hmm. um, and... I believe there will be more of that during the time of Jacob's trouble, again, especially when the temple is rebuilt. Mm-hmm. Um, so Again, I'm trying to... I should have... I didn't write down some of your no, points. Okay. Um, you so you can actually just, look at my notes. <laughs> these are just thoughts that I am... Because again, I did not want to interrupt you while you were making your points. Um, can I grab two? Sure. So 
the on the all right so uh, part one and i don't want to be the the pet peeve i don't want to be your pet peeve either right right i want to be respectful but when i see that you have a segment and i can jump in and we can deal with a hole good is that okay okay we quit a pot i, I just Look, if we leave the, isn't that the purpose of a podcast? Sure, but this you know, is I, fun. But I, I mean, try to teach my kids. Even <laughs> this you know, is yeah. not a. This See? is not a. I hate it when people treat me like eggshells. I'm not that fragile. Uh, but you want to disagree with me? That's fine. I, I look. I understand. This is something that pff, I'd be hard pressed to find somebody who has this line of thinking. So mm-hmm. and and to think. And this is something that I've pondered and studied and meditated for. Probably two or three years. Mm-hmm. So to think in two or three podcasts, I'm, so I'm, I'm not that fragile. All right. So it's okay. Well, I want to, uh, you know, because how we conduct ourselves. we could ourselves, not ever agree on this, and we're still going to be the best. That's, no, that is totally I, true. I'm not that tight. That that's, is totally that true. That is so shallow. Yes. I mean, that's what we did back in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. And what so, churches are still doing. Right. Can we be <laughs> right. men here and understand? Yeah. Look, the Word of God is so much higher than us. That's mm-hmm. right. And if it was easy to understand, it wouldn't be much of a book. Mm-hmm. So can we just can we just... I'm fine. I'm 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 not out to get anybody, and I, I I honestly want to say, I don't want to be right. I want the word of God to be right. Mm-hmm. I'm not out to prove anybody wrong and to prove me right, because I don't believe God is going to bless a spirit like that. Mm-hmm. And I want God to bless His word, whether I. I, I, I so. Go ahead. Well, so, to, I just want to make sure that because because how we conduct ourselves. I love ourselves, being respectful, but I don't feel like we think we're going to damage each no, other. No, not at all. But we have influence in the lives of other people. Sure. Right. So when someday, if my kids ever listen to this, I want them to see that the how the three of us conducted ourselves. Oh, absolutely. And that they learned this is how you conduct yourself when you're sure reasoning. So, okay. So on the first point about you know things being organized differently, you know, ten kingdoms, uh, all of that. So it is true that we do not know how it's all going to be structured in the future, right? We know that it'll be structured differently. So that is true that we don't know that. What we do know is that there was a church at Laodicea, there was a church at Ephesus, there were churches in Asia that are referred to in 1 Corinthians 16 and also referred to in Revelation chapter 1. Mm-hmm. And that would be one of my foundational points for these are churches in Asia because previously they were churches in Asia. And one of the key principles that we teach is you interpret Scripture with Scripture. So it is, there's a lot of things that we don't know, but we hang our hats on what we can know. And so that would be, you know, one of the, one of the a response to that. The second point, mentioning... Can I respond back? Yes, sir, of course. There's also occasions where there's... I'm like the moderator. This <laughs> <Yeah>. is fun. <laughs> well, well, you're no. doing a stinky job, Love. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Go ahead, Love. The Bible speaks much of the, ju- the coming judgment of Babylon. Mm-hmm. Where's Babylon? Where's Babylon today? But mis- Babylon is a mystery, right? Well, I-, I get that. But what I'm saying is, you know, the Bible speaks of... Judgment for Sodom. I thought Sodom was gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think. But it speaks of judgment of Sodom. So that tells me that um, now I believe both of those references are for the same place. But it's not what that place is called currently right now. Sure, but I think the spiritual Sodom is attached, right? Isn't the descriptor attached to Sodom? Spiritual Sodom. Sure. 
which yeah, keys, it says, which it, is spiritually called Sodom, keys us in. And Mystery Babylon is it's described for us, you know, what it is. It's the mother of harlots and fornications, and and so those things. You know, the Word of God, comparing Scripture to Scripture, we we learn what those things are, right? Like, God tells us there's going to be ten kingdoms, but he doesn't name them. Right. Yes. Yes. But these churches are named. Right. And John's told to write down what he sees and send it to them. And we already know that they exist. That's where I'm I'm at. On the division of, of Israel and Judah... Totally agree. Northern kingdom, southern kingdom. Here's what's also true, is that God showed us where he made that division. He went, he sent his prophet to Jeroboam in the wilderness and said, ripped his garment into pieces and gave him, what, gave him 10 of them, Mm -hmm. and two of them, Judah and Benjamin, remain the southern kingdom. That is a division that is historically recorded for us, preserved for us, given by inspiration for us, so that we know God himself made a division of Israel into two nations. Right, but we but don't have. Concur. So then we would, for for us to then see seven churches in Revelation, like where's the point at which God then divides the nation into seven? Right. I'm not. I'm not. The church in Revelation does not does not represent Israel. Does not represent. Okay, so this is a the good whole point to of Israel. Then. So these are those that have believed the preaching of the witnesses. Mm-hmm. They have now gathered together as, don't we see that all through? Those who believe together, gather together. Um, so this isn't Israel divided into seven okay. because um, we're going to see in Revelation that you know it's the division between Jacob and Israel. You know, there's many passages where the Bible says... Yeah, not all Israel is Israel. Right. But right. there's, there's Jacob in Israel, and at the end of this, he is going to divide them. He is going to separate the wheat from the tares. He is going to... Those that overcome, he is going to take out into the wilderness. So are these the same to you as 144,000? I don't... I. <laughs> what's funny is... The 144,000 that God seals, we always say that they're going to go and be a witness upon the earth. I don't see where it says that they go and witness and testify of anything. Um, I'll sit here and say, yeah, I have not studied the 144,000 to understand what or who they are, Mm -hmm. Um, but... We can punt on that. It's okay yeah, yeah, to yeah. punt on that. It's yeah. just that it'll. We're not there in Revelation anyway. When we get there, right, right. we'll deal with so it. So I don't. Um, so you want me to keep? I want you to. I want you to keep going. I want you to develop everything right. that you want to say. And I'm developing um, honestly. Just, just. I know that there's probably more because this is what happens. This is like we went on a trip to Georgia, right? Camp. And then you know how you come back and someone's like, how'd your camp go? How'd the trip, the trip go? The trip went great. But, and then like three weeks later, you remember something that happened at camp. Yeah. This is how studying and understanding the Word of God works for me. Like I'll sit down, I'll study for a couple hours, and then I've got to walk away. And it may not be until two and a half weeks later that something connects. Yeah. So these are the things that are connecting for me right now. Um, we see that Christ in Revelation 1... 
he is found walking among the churches, okay? Which to me would be a, a, an indication that he is keeping his promise from Matthew 28, in which he says, behold, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world, right? So his, him walking amongst the churches to me would, would be an indication of his, him keeping his promise to be among them, right? Okay. What, what is the significance that he's noted to be walking among them? Well, that he's with them. He said he would be with them. Um, here's a simple argument. Last podcast, we argued that the seven stars, the seven angels, are angels, mm-hmm. right? We said angels are angels. But then churches are not New Testament churches. And here's something I think that's probably key in my mind is I don't want to take an isolate a couple of isolated uses of the word church referring to Israel where contextually it's absolutely clear it's Israel to then go to passages elsewhere and impose it where it's not clear. To I don't want to make a doctrine out of a minority minority use of the word. Does that make sense? So because churches twice refers to Israel but 112 times it refers to um, a New Testament body of Christ, I've got to have concrete contextual evidence that this is somehow not referring to the majority use of the word um, in Revelation. That's how I, I would approach it. Can I, can I just speak to that just a second? Yeah. I'm not saying that those references refer to Israel. In Acts 7? There's actually three. Acts 7, Hebrews 2, Hebrews 12. Okay. Um, it's referring to it's referring to the remnant of believers okay. outside what we've said is the New Testament church age. Okay. Most of Israel will not believe. Mm-hmm. Most of Israel will take the mark. So I don't think it's I don't think it's accurate to say that well these uses of the word church is about Israel. Sure. No, it's it's talking about bodies of believers outside the New Testament. Would you say? Area. Would you go so far as to say it's the one third? Yes. Okay. And okay. and and, and are there we know not two thirds are, are going to die? Going to be Gentiles that are going to believe too during the time of Jacob's trouble. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I'm, you know, again, I'm like in Christ. There's neither Jew nor Gentile. And, and the church is the body of Christ. So Right, and I think we established that we, are not, saying, we are not saying that this is the body of Christ. I'm not saying that this is the body of Christ. But he calls the church his body. You know what I mean? Like he uses that term to refer to it as his, his body. Is this not similar to the use of the word gospel in the Bible? We can clearly see there's two different gospels, and context will lead you to the correct use of which gospel it's referring to, but it's still the word gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, the gospel that's talked about in Matthew 24, I think we would agree, mm-hmm. is not Paul when he said, my gospel. Mm-hmm. Agreed, yeah. So I think we're... And again, how many times is the word gospel used in the Bible that it's not Paul's gospel? Very few. Two, maybe? Matthew 24, and then Revelation, what is it, 14, mm-hmm. the everlasting gospel? Mm-hmm. So again, I'm not. I'm not trying to. <laughs> I always say I'm not trying to be a jerk. I can be a jerk without trying. So, <laughs> but 
Um, I think we would all say once in the Bible's enough. I mean, God can say something once and mean something once, sure. and we don't dismiss it because it's only used once, mm-hmm. and it's not the majority. You know, the prophecy of you know virgin birth, you know, clearly given. I think is twice in the whole Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, Matthew one and. Isaiah 7, yes, it's referenced in other places like Genesis 3, but coming right out and saying that a virgin shall conceive is only two times in the entire Bible, and yet our entire belief of Christ depends upon that. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Okay. So... um, Next point. You're doing great, by the way. No, I, I'm really, no, I'm really enjoying because I'm wanting to, I'm and wanting I'm to listening engage. to everything you're saying. Right. Another pet peeve of mine is sometimes I sit down with people, mm-hmm. and they want me to give my, and I take them to passages of scripture. They don't turn to them. Mm-hmm. They don't look at them. Mm-hmm. They're actually look. They're you know I was just speaking with one recently who is. He's reading his while I'm trying. He'll ask me a question, and I'll say, "Well, that's in." And I'll turn to the passage. Doesn't even turn. He's looking for his next point. That that just infuriates yeah. me. That just bugs me. <laughs> you really don't want to know what I have to say. It's true. Yeah. But that's why I like this because we. I believe we truly want to learn. And oh, so, one hundred percent. And I want to hear everything you have to say. And I respect everything. And I get it. Sure. I, sure. Okay. Well, and and here's the thing: is people think at different paces, right? And we sure. latch on to different things. Like I said, things. it took and me so... a few years before this started to make sense. Sure. So to think, and again, at the end of the day, let's say you never come to this. So what? Right. So what? You know, I mean, I do believe there's a right and a wrong, but does it affect salvation? Does it affect fellowship? Does it affect friendship? No. Right. I don't think so at all. Right. Okay. Um, Josh, did you... Anything you wanted to say? <laughs> you and your smoothie. <laughs> That's right. Um, no, I uh, I think the initial uh, point that Chad started with with churches versus church. Um, that's something that I had uh, myself done a study uh, a few years back. Galatians says to the churches of Galatia. Um, it really helps understand the, the, the separation yet I'm trying, I'm trying to word this without signing, sounding so Unitarian, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's one, it's the church, but then there's churches. Mm-hmm. Um, that was what I was looking at. And, um, Paul in first Corinthians 12 tells the church at Corinth that we, it says that we are baptized into one. We he used the word we, mm-hmm, right? But in the same chapter, just ten verses later, he says, "Now ye mm-hmm. are the body of Christ." And so you know what I mean. And, it yeah. fascinated me that Paul took himself out of that. He didn't say, "Now we are the body of Christ." Mm-hmm. He said, "Ye," mm-hmm. because I believe he was specifically <clears throat> referring to the Church of Corinth, yeah, um, and so forth. That's just that's that's neither here nor there, but. Uh, to see that churches versus church, um, that, I don't know. That that's something that I never really considered, thought, heard of, uh, in this context. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, that one, that one, 
had some light to it to me. I, well, I've, the the many will become one, just like the many now will become one. Okay, that is why Stephen refers to the church in the wilderness. Okay, I believe that is not only historic; it is also prophetic. That in Revelation two and three we see churches. But Christ is going to make it one when he calls them out into the wilderness. The many are going to become one. And so just like who knows how many churches there are on the earth today, and Christ is going to make it one body. Okay. So that that actually helped me a little bit, what you just said, because in my mind, I had two and three going to the end. Of cha- of the seven years, but what you're saying is two and three are maybe maybe that maybe we talked about that and I missed it. It's the first three. And it's a half the first years. three and a half. Okay, okay. So they are functioning the first three so and a half years. Saying. Okay, but then when it when the abomination takes place, mm-hmm. the spirit of antichrist mm-hmm. comes, then um, then those who don't overcome are going to be led into captivity. The Antichrist is going to lead them into captivity. Those that have overcome, Christ with eagle's wings is going to take them into the wilderness. He is going to care for them. He's going to minister to them. He's actually going to build, the Bible says in Isaiah 32 and 35, he is going to build a haven for them. The Bible says the wilderness is going to become fruitful. The cedars of Lebanon will grow up over them. The Bible specifically says when the hail falls from heaven, they will be protected. It's like the land of Goshen in Mm -hmm. Egypt. And so the many are going to become one, just like right now. You know, for us to understand the concept of the body of Christ, it's hard for us to do that. We can't see that because we just see our local bodies, and it's hard to understand that we are part of one Well, that is the spiritual, but it's going to become reality when Christ unites it together. When he calls it out, he is going to make it one. It's the same here that these churches, he's going to call them out. He's going to lead them out, and then they're going to be one after that. That's when they're referred to as, you know, using the Old Testament term, the congregation in the wilderness. Yeah. can I ask a question? Sure. Um, you you just made a reference to it, so it made me think about it. Um, it's mentioned several times in the seven churches. Actually, I think all seven says the word overcome. Right. And you would say, if I would correct me if I'm wrong, I'm, I'm for, for the listener. I'm pointing to Brother Wiley. So <laughs> you would say that's equivalent to Matthew 24, enduring unto the end. That is, or well, not taking the mark. I, I want to hesitate getting into that only because okay. I want to make sure I've heard everything Chad has to say because okay. I don't want to okay. sidetrack because I really want to respect his position. I, 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 I've taught a lot, and I've even before I got into the pastorate, I taught at a financial institution, and I just found in teaching, you never get a chance to say everything you want to say, because people start asking questions. And and so I came today with one defense of my position, and it's the he who overcometh. 
Okay. And that's exactly. So you don't want me to go there yet? That's what I came okay. with number one. Okay. Th- this is, so I'm prepared to answer that. Okay. But I, I just want to make that's, sure. Okay, I see what you're saying. I have so let's everything. not get there yet. Right, right. Uh, I just wanna, that's fair. I want to respect Chad's position because I fair. don't want there to be anything that he came prepared to say that he doesn't say because, and I'm listening to and it. He's and not, I'm, and he's, I'm processing what he still what has he's, three pages of notes in no, front no. of him. Well, so. I'm processing what <laughs> he's saying because there's things that I need to yeah. go back and study. And that's what iron sharpens iron is. Amen. Um. So I said something so, last night in my message, which was wrong. Okay. And a member texted me and gave me the passage. And I was like, boom, there it is. I was flat out wrong in what I said. So I'm, I'm, I love it when the word of God is right and Amen. I'm wrong. I agree to that. So, yeah. so we'll put a pin in that. Put a pin in it. <laughs> Chad, you're in deep thought. No, I, I think probably the overcome is probably podcast the next podcast right we could just plan that for it's it's going to take a while to develop it because it's a lot of pretty time we're at Uh i just have a couple more points that are small but just things to maybe think about okay so our next podcast could could we call it like they did in the olden days the apology of james white no (laughs) no part two that's that's the the word they use in terms of defense yeah yeah yeah. apology and defense is not right sorry right (laughs) no but that's just a play on words it is yeah people will be like all right james wiley's about to say he's sorry (laughs) (laughs) that's fantastic (laughs) um just you are bringing up some great uh you know as far as it being present day, future, that's something I still have to wrestle with. So you're bringing out great points. And I just, they are not falling idly to the ground. They are not. Oh, I don't think so. I am no, 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 no. really considering considering these things. Right, right. So you are bringing up some excellent points. So a couple final thoughts. Yes, sir. I think. Um, if, so I'm absorbing this, you know, from your perspective, the seven churches represent uh, the first three and a half years, and out of that, um, Christ will make one from the remnant. He'll make one. He'll take them into the wilderness, and they'll be the congregation in the wilderness. Okay. So I'm hearing that. I'm just filing it away. Um, a question I had, and this is something just to think about, and I don't know what the answer is. If these are strictly referring to churches, those seven churches remnant, you know, in the first three and a half years, and if John is from verse one entirely in the spirit on the Lord's day, how then, you know, do you divide the book of Revelation? Because there's a threefold division given to us in verse 19. He's to write the things which thou hast seen the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. So we're given, you're to write um, past and present and future. But if from verse 1, John is in the Spirit on the Lord's day, he is entirely future, and there is not a past to write a write of. Does that make sense? Like you're, 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 because he's, you're stuck with a twofold division, not a threefold division. And that might be a weird way of looking at it. 
you are you why are you struggling, Lovelace? Well, okay? I, I well okay. No I don't push. No, I don't want to push. Okay, I do, but I don't. I, I, well, want I think you to I think the answer is this is a vision. Tense, you have to pay attention to it in a, in a vision. You can go back to the Minor Prophets that's writing about thousands of years in the future, and it's being written in the present tense. Mm-hmm. They're watching it unfold in front of them. Mm-hmm. So it, it's difficult to associate past, present, future with a vision because it is presently unfolding, and they are writing about what they are seeing. Mm-hmm. And so... I mean, from Revelation 4 to 20, isn't it written in the present tense? Yeah. Much okay. of it's written yeah. in the present tense. Sure. But we would say, well, the, John wrote about that 2,000 years ago. How could that so, be written in the present tense? If he's... Okay. Okay. Um, if it had... To our date, hasn't even happened yet. If he's in the spirit on the Lord's day. Right. God obviously can do this. I'm not. I'm not being crazy. God can transcend John through time, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. And now John is in what you and I call the future. Right. The things which are. So the things which thou hast seen would be the past of that future. Does that make I mean, sense? This yeah, is, and this isn't Star Trek. I mean, no, we're no, not no, no, trying no. to... And so I've always... This the, is... the modern iteration, by the way, is the, the Marvel timeline, <laughs> the multiverse. This right. isn't the multiverse. I well, still go with Star well, Trek. Well, sure. I think but... it's easy when, when the Old Testament prophet would receive a vision. So, okay. It's currently unfolding. He writes it yeah. in the present tense, even though it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, but he also writes it to the people that are presently... That are... The, the group that he is presently ministering to, that well, he's called except, you to. You know, Daniel, I mean, he's writing, Daniel's written in the present tense, and it's, mm-hmm. God makes it clear that it's for a time, seal it up in a book, this is not for them. Um, the book of Hebrews is written in the present tense. It's, it's they're seeing Jesus crowned with glory and honor in mm-hmm. present tense. Well, that hasn't happened yet. So how is Hebrews 5, no, forgive me, that's Hebrews 2, how is that written in the present tense, mm-hmm. but yet still to this day it hasn't happened yet? Okay. So, uh, so what, what I'm saying is, is, so the way that I would divide, and I think on a, because I listen to our podcasts multiple times myself, because <laughs> I want to yeah. remember what we've talked about. Mm-hmm. And we did talk about divisions and we talked about, well, then how would we divide? Josh talked about how he always historically had been taught and how he believed now. Um, I gave a couple different options. Remember, I gave first advent, tribulation, second advent. Because mm-hmm. I believe even outside of Revelation, John wrote what he saw. That's first John, where he, the things which we have seen decla- declare we unto you. Um, and I would argue that First John, he's dealing with, we talked about this off podcast, but he's dealing with the error of Gnosticism creeping into the first century church, which denied the incarnation. Like Paul deals with it. Paul deals with errors of Gnosticism and, and um, John does as well because he, he – clearly says if someone doesn't confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, that's the spirit of Antichrist, and even now it is, you know, it is present, it is with you. 
Um, I gave that as a, you know, can another, I push on that? Real well, quick? he has past, present, and future in every letter to the church, right? This is okay. what you've done. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's your current condition. Here's what's going to happen if you don't repent. Mm-hmm. So, because a, a God sums up this revelation of Jesus Christ, he he mentions the churches again in chapter 22. It's just the reason we didn't find it before, it's because it's in the plural. Um, verse 16. Verse 16, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. So here again, we have an angel testifying supposedly unto a New Testament church. Um, So I believe that's the angel of the Lord in verse 16. Mm -hmm. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. That's kind of a summary verse where he's summarizing because for those who don't overcome, Revelation 4 is for them. God's going to pour out his wrath upon them. And so I do believe in... Verse 19, the things which are, the things which shall be hereafter. We have all that in those seven letters. Um, so I think we've always looked at verse 19 as a, you know, his complete historical account of the church. And I... I look at it as the complete account of it because revelation is not about Israel it's not about the church it's about Jesus Christ it's the revelation of Jesus Christ and you can't have a full revelation of Jesus Christ without consideration being given to his church and also to the nation of Israel which we would divide as two you know two unique groups that will be made one right um and so I'm really, you know, my hang-up, my biggest hang-up is going to, it will be the term churches. Because if I'm comparing Scripture with Scripture, churches of Asia are referred to previously. Laodicea, Ephesus, they are referred to previously. You know, these other five churches, they're literal historical places. And the Word of God is not given to us in a vacuum of time and history, but it is time and history. You know, it does reveal to us those things. And so, you know, it would, if I put myself in the shoes of, of a believer, you know, in the year 105, you know, AD, and I, I'm a, a member of the church at Laodicea, it's a stretch for me to read the revelation of Jesus Christ and somehow intimate that it's not being addressed to me specifically. That is the burden of proof is to demonstrate that somehow a believer who who in his, okay, even this, if, here's what's interesting, okay, this is a thought I haven't written down, but John asks them, he, he commands um, John to write down in verse 11, write of John, of Revelation 1, 
uh, what thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia. Okay? So he is to take Revelation itself, the book, and send it to the seven churches. Okay? If, if this church you know, in 105, if the church of Laodicea in 105 AD does not possess the book of Acts or the book of Hebrews, they still should be able to read the book of Revelation and understand what's being spoken of. Because John doesn't say, Jesus doesn't say to John, send this book along with, make sure they also have Acts and also have Hebrews in order to understand that I'm referring to something entirely different when I use the term churches. Those are my hangups, because I put myself sure. in the spot of that, that first century believer, because there's all kinds of heretical attacks that are coming you know, into churches, and Paul's dealing with them, and John's dealing yeah. with them, and, so, and, and they do not, like, we just, we have this. We have the whole thing. Mm. We have it. Well, I think what helped me, again, is to, is to understand how... Can we agree that the church is a pause between God's plan for his people Israel? We can agree that it's a mystery. Well, see, that's what's interesting because the Bible says in Revelation, you know, Paul revealed many mysteries about the church. Mm -hmm. But according to Revelation 1, the church itself is a mystery, which how is the church a mystery in this age? You know, I in Revelation one twenty, um, I'm getting there. I'm getting yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. You may read it. Sure, go ahead. Okay. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. But that mystery is is the thing that John is beholding. Like he is seeing stars, he's seeing candlesticks, he's seeing these things, and that mystery is then explained as to what it is. Right. It, it's, and it's pointing them back, I believe, to the prophecy of Zechariah 4, which has nothing to do with the New Testament church. It has everything to do with the nation of Israel. Why would he use a picture for the church that is already established, that Israel is already looking for? Mm-hmm. You can see the confusion. Do you mean the light, the candlesticks? Is that what you're talking? What are you talking about in Zechariah four? Zechariah four, the 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 lampstand with the yes. two branches, mm-hmm. which are the two witnesses. Mm-hmm. This is what Israel is looking for, and well, here it is. But I'm sorry, it, it's for the church. It's 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 not for you. It's for. Um, okay. I believe Zechariah's four is a is a sign that Israel is looking for. Um, the church isn't looking for that. Um, it's When Paul speaks into the church, he uses plain language. Mm-hmm. He doesn't use, you know, mis- you know um, symbolism like this and parable and isn't for the church. We're, we're not... We're, we're not looking for these things. That's how he, you know, Psalm 78, 2, I will open my mouth in parables. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a prophecy unto the nation of Israel. And 
So, again, I believe from the very first statement of chapter number one, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which I believe is his physical revelation upon the earth, we as the church are not looking for that. We're not, we're not looking, we're looking for Titus 2.13. That's what we're looking for, hmm. our hope, the glorious appearing of Christ. That's what the church is looking for. But you'll notice there's so many signs. I mean, ver the very first phrase, it's speaking of the second return of Christ, which is not what the church is looking to. That's what Israel is looking to. Um, verse 7, every facet of it is second return of Christ. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so, amen. I mean, none of that is referencing 1 Thessalonians 4. That is all return of Christ. So all I'm saying is, is that there's, before we even get to verse 10, because, okay, John is in the Spirit on the Lord's day, so he sees a vision the Lord's Day. But then he's going to write about things 2,000 years in the past. So you're, so really, John isn't writing about the Lord's Day until 4-1 is, is the common belief, I would say. He's not really writing about the Lord's Day until 4-1, even though John already states he's in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. Every indicator tells you, okay, physical revelation of Jesus Christ, sends it by his angel, verse 1. The time is at hand, verse 3. I don't know if you've ever studied that phrase, at hand. Mm -hmm. It's not a phrase used for the church. It's, uh, that's an Israel phrase. Um, every way that, like, you know... Um, I believe this is the angel of the Lord appearing unto John. It's the spirit. Christ is appearing in spirit, just like he's historically done in the past. He's doing it again. Um, he's in the spirit on the Lord's day. Every way he introduces himself, you can go back into the Old Testament. He's already introduced himself that way to Israel. Um, his appearance is how he's already appeared unto the nation of Israel. Um, so all I'm saying is, is that this, this just isn't a whim and a, mm. a whimsical that I, that, so I don't know whether we need to end it, end our podcast here, whether you want to keep going, because again, the first point that I would have, um, because if chapters two and three are about this age in which we live, I think the three of us are in a lot of trouble hmm. because one of the ways that we rightly divide the word is the doctrine that is taught. You know, if I read about the offering of bulls and goats, then I know, okay, if that doctrine is taught, then that is not this age doctrine. If I read about salvation is through the keeping of the commandments, hmm which we're going to read about all through the book of Revelation. And then I know that, okay, 
The doctrine that is taught is the keeping of the commandments. That is not for this age in which we live. So one of the major tenets of right division is what doctrine is being taught. And I'll just say it, and this will eliminate more of my friends, I guess. <laughs> As I read chapters two and three, I have trouble... I have trouble seeing the New Testament church. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not just talking, you know, we could say, well, this is a New Testament church and it's got a lot of Jewish elements. I'm having trouble seeing New Testament era elements in what is told unto these churches, the doctrine that they are told. Uh, there are one, two, three, there are four phrases that are used in each letter, four phrases that are in each. And I believe, anyway, and one of those phrases is, to he who hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the, it always says it in the plural, unto the churches, even though he's writing unto a specific, you know, it begins with church singular, but in every letter it uses church plural. What I take from that is, what he says to one, he's saying to all of them. You know, what? Paul said unto Corinth, yeah, there was some specific things for the church of Corinth, but isn't he speaking to us too? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, so he's not just speaking to seven individual we have. No, he is, He what he says to one, he's saying to all of them. Because yes, he addresses the church singular, but at the end, he's addressing all of them, mm-hmm. all of them. They have the same... The, the same instruction is given to all of them. And so um, I really want to develop this, and maybe we need to take a break. And well, we, let me, can I throw one more thought out? Yes. You know, in our understanding of the term churches even, like I have room. I have room in my... Okay, so we haven't even touched on this, but... Um, I am, at this stage of my life, take it or leave it on church age theory. It's, I was I was going to ask right. that question, but you just brought it it's, up. Okay, it's no you know no De- doubt. Define that not only for every for everybody's benefit. Define yeah. when what you, you say mean church age theory. Church what do you age mean? theory. What do you mean? What do you mean? So, um, con- the the current conventional wisdom, right? And it has to be current because we have the benefit of hindsight for it to be current. Uh, when it comes amongst churches of our type, okay, so I'm trying to narrow it down, is that the seven churches are um, seven literal churches that are existing at the time of John's writing, but they also speak to seven periods of church history where uh, we see in, okay, ready, the church at large, so those who are identifying as the body of Christ, but maybe unconverted identifying as the body of Christ, these are things that uh, tendencies, um, behaviors, beliefs, practices that existed in those church periods, right? So so a case in this point would be Philadelphia, I think, is the only church to which there's no negative thing said to them. Is that Smyrna. right? Smyrna. Smyrna. Philadelphia okay. and Smyrna. Both. Philadelphia and Smyrna. Um, most people of this persuasion would look at um, the emergence of the, the U.S. and the great missionary endeavors that followed, right? So you have, you have the Bible, 
and you have uh, the U.S. of A., and you have God using the U.S. for one of the greatest evangelism, worldwide evangelism movements of all time, right? And I think we could look at that and say, on a global scale, yeah, like there's... And we're talking 17, 1800s. Right, right. That's what we're talking about. Right, and so we would look at that as the Philadelphian age of the church, and then when you have the entrance of many you know, modern translations, modern versions, um, critical text theory entering in, 20th, um, century. 20th century, you have Laodicea, in which you have a church that is lukewarm, um, thinks it's rich but is poor, thinks it's clothed but it's naked, all these things. Now, I see that, and I understand it, and it's, you know, someone who has taken the time to study uh, church, and again, this is a, <laughs> words are important, to study historical iterations of Christianity, okay? <laughs> Can I use that? Is that fair? What what, what the average guy is going to call it, church history. Yeah, church history. But, okay. okay. They're going to have to concede things like... Baby baptizing. And Roman Catholicism as... So there's no warts to find during the 17 and 1800s? Well, yeah, okay, I, I know what you're saying. But you're dealing with the predominant spirit of the age. That's it. That, okay. that, that's what Chad is saying. So, yeah. so the church, so in that view, you're, you're not addressing, and this is where the church and churches statement you just said, yeah, I agree with that, because you're addressing a church, but you're also addressing all of them, not just presently, but future as we go through church history. Um, so I can see and understand, but I also am comfortable taking it or leaving it. Like, it's something that I would be happy explaining to our church family. This is how this is looked at currently, but it's not something that I would ever teach as doctrine by which we separate. You know what I'm saying? Got it. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because whenever we superimpose history, are there not several examples where we have caused, okay, Titus destroying Jerusalem in 70 AD? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We've superimposed that bit of history and just said, okay, well, this is that prophecy fulfilled, when it hasn't. That prophecy has not been fulfilled. Because yet. the wailing wall itself still exists. Right, yes. That when Jesus said, not one stone shall be left okay, upon another. Okay, there are things in the Bible I don't believe that which that. many yeah. people think have already happened, mm -hmm. like Revelation 12 the dragon casting a third of the stars to the earth, they feel that that is Satan's when he first rebelled, and that hasn't happened yet. Revelation 12, I don't believe those accounts have happened yet. But okay, this the is account, because now The account of Isaiah 14, I don't believe has happened yet. Oh, I see what you're saying, yeah. How art thou fallen, O Lucifer? Mm -hmm. They think that that's the initial uh, falling of Lucifer. I don't believe that's happened yet. Mm. He's called the King of Babylon. Mm -hmm. The King of Babylon, that's key in that text in Isaiah 14. And so my point is, is, you know, we have the luxury today because supposedly we're in the seventh and the last age. Mm -hmm. So we have the luxury of looking back through time and, and fitting it into, you know, fitting history into the Word of God, which... Again, I could take it or leave it. Okay, yeah. Um, it's like all these things online that you see now. World War II was started on this date. Adolf Hitler was died on this date. 
Uh, have you seen those? So thereby, World War III is going to start on this date. They right. find these right. cool things in history that supposedly is supposed to prophesy the future, which... But we could make this statement, okay? I think we could make this statement. The shepherds, okay? The shepherds saw the fulfillment. The shepherds um, who came at the birth of Christ, they saw the fulfillment of prophecy Oh, absolutely. Right, and had a greater understanding of it. So absolutely. So if, if someone looks at Revelation 2 and 3 as prophetic, then it would follow that when you get to the the fulfillments of these things, you have the perspective and you can look at them and see, yes, they were true. This is what, you know I what I mean? Completely. When yeah. the Bible reveals the fulfillment of prophecy, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But in these occasions, we're saying man is, the Bible doesn't, the Bible doesn't say the fulfillment of one stone upon another. Man has superimposed that yeah, that has yeah. been. So that's yeah. what I'm saying. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah, we see all kinds of fulfillment of Scripture. What I'm saying is, is when man determines it's been fulfilled, instead of God has determined it's been fulfilled. Mm -hmm. uh, do you understand what I'm saying? I understand what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. When, the Bible, when the Bible clearly shows the fulfillment of something, absolutely. But when I'm getting calls at COVID... Well, Isaiah says we'll yeah. be locked in our houses, yeah. and <laughs> right, this right, is the fulfillment right. of Isaiah. See, I'm like, come on. This is this is off subject, but this is why I kick back at 1948 a little bit. Okay. You know what I mean? And say what that is, so again, everybody knows. It's, you know, well, that's the fig tree. Is it blossoming? Is Yeah, or whatever the term is. It has leaves. Budding, or leaves. Leaves. And but I, no fruit. But no fruit. But no right, fruit. Right. Which is why I think 48's legit. <laughs> so, I know. <laughs> or the Six-Day War, whatever. Okay, yeah. you're referring to the establishment of Israel uh, as a Yeah, nation. so May 14th, yeah. 1948. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I, you know... But I'm not going to. Don't go you guys want so. Jesus to come back? It feels like you guys don't want him. To <laughs> I just want him to come back. Well, of course, everybody does. I know, yeah. but um, I know. I'm just, I just playing. Well, just so you know, if we wrap this up, the next time, what I, um, I'm, uh, one of the major things for me in these seven letters is the to him that overcometh. I've asked so many pastors and what does that mean what does that mean because there are heaven and hell you know every pastor i've ever asked them like well i i don't know what it means there are major dire consequences for not overcoming and all i ever hear is i don't know what it means i don't know what we need to overcome what mm. i mean we're talking you could experience a second death your name could be blotted out of the book of life. Do you think we might ought to know what this means? Um, and so I'm saying that to say, because through the years when I take a stand on a certain thing, they'll always say, well, what's the big deal? What's the big deal, whether there's agreement about this? Well, what I would like to say is, is if, that, if these are New Testament churches, and this is doctrine that you and I are accountable to, because that's, again, you can't you know, butter your bread on both sides. If these are New Testament churches, then there is doctrine which we do not preach. There is doctrine that we do not feel is for this era. Um, there are commands in this which I've yet to... Now, I have what I, I've, what I believe to be the biblical answer to him that overcometh, but... 
for some reason, we don't see the urgency of, of, well, we need to know what this is, because if we're guilty of not overcoming, then there are dire consequences. Let me throw this out there, yes, and then sir. this might be a good... If I was starting to say something, I realized, and I didn't quite finish it. I have room in my theology for these churches that are being referred to, to be referring to an assembly, a congregation that is comprised of both believing and unbelieving people. Oh, absolutely. Right. So From Israel's beginning, the, God said, you have a mixed multitude. Right. Israel has always had a mixed multitude, and they are, they are here too. So I'm going to leave that before we go and to the over- conversation. <laughs> God's got to... Div- God has to divide yeah. them. They're absolutely... The letters state that there are mm-hmm. those in the mm-hmm. church who don't believe. Sure. And so when... To him that overcometh comes, that God is going to divide the two. Mm-hmm. Half is going to be led into captivity. The other part is going to be taken into the wilderness. In your view. <laughs> In my view. <laughs> yeah. yes. okay. This has been fun. This has been fun. This is, yeah. we so are we, so are we going to, like we are before, so now after the listener listens to this, they've got to wait two weeks for the next we should step. We should talk to our producer, maybe speed this At least one in up. this one, because yeah. I've... Uh, I really want to get to the apology. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe speed this one up. Sure. We'll, we'll talk to our. We producer. could do like bonus, yeah, it's bonus ready. episode release. What, we come out on what Fridays? Every other Friday. So we'll come out on Friday, and then we're like a bonus Wednesday. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. like, sh- can I do a shout out? Shout out. You know how you do shout outs? Yeah. Like I'm getting. Well, I get to do the shout outs. Okay, fine. I'm just kidding. Go you ahead. You can te- shout out to. What? what can you this? read that? Just read the top. Who is that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we've got a, a friend. I, who has been texting, by the way, while we're recording. Texting you and me? Yes. Okay, good. And, but, but not me. And well. I, <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I, I, I'm just going to go ahead and be honest with you two. Um, I, I sent snapshots. Oh, that's funny. And um, oh, where's the other one? I look good in that picture. Yeah, you do. Thanks. So I oh, sent great. that one. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> yeah. if I want to look at me. And I sent that one. Okay. And um, so I wonder the response was, I feel so privileged to be given a look behind the curtain. Oh, wow. Right into the magic. You were supposed to be engaging in deep theological discourse, and you're taking pictures for... For, for listeners. It's fine. And it's um, then he sends the, uh, the... What's it called? A gif? I say gif. Yeah. Some people say gif. That's fine. We'll but look. it's that Wizard of Oz, pay no attention to the man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you still haven't said who this is. You still I haven't know. shouted out. So, Chad, why don't you say Just it? shout out to Paul in Ohio. Paul in Ohio. Yeah, And that, um, that guy, let me, let me tell you, um, he's, a good, he's a good man. And um, I'm thankful. I actually, We actually told him. I'm just going to, this is off subject. Was he at camp yes. this year? Yes. Okay. And we actually said we would like to, if, we, if at all possible, request to make sure we're in the same cabin. Yeah. Just because that, I mean, that, that whole that whole group. That Ohio guys, crowd, I like them. That whole Ohio crowd. You know what? Crowd, yeah. I, would, I would like. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Go anyway. Go ahead. What would be wrong as well with just doing a podcast episode with him? Sure. He is, he is just so into it and yes. just really. So, Paul, uh, you're listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you're going to have to be on our. You're going to have to be. Get a guest. your apology ready, Paul. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. No, that's what I was doing. So, if you saw me hold my phone up, I, I got a picture it. of okay. you two. And uh, uh-huh. send it to him, so he sees the magic. You didn't give it. me a chance to suck everything in. <laughs> <laughs> I look like job, look like job of the hut. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic! All right, you awesome, wrap us up? great, great day, and um, and so listener, 
We've said it. Uh, producer, you're listening. Uh, we're going to have to make sure the next episode comes out a little faster. I know. I hate to wait for two weeks for two to, weeks. Hear, to hear a response. That's right. So, um, But we'll figure that out. Yeah. Thank you for listening. We, as always, any questions, comments, uh, uh, you know, criticisms, whatever, uh, backwoodstheology at gmail.com. Always happy to get your emails. And I'm thankful for you for listening and for subscribing. And uh, what a blessing it's been today. We'll catch you again on the next time here at Backwoods Theology.